0: Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. Amen. I'll remind you that this Sunday, if you come here at 11 o'clock, there's a good chance you'll be the only one here. We will be here at 1 o'clock. I'll give you a chance to play with those new toys on Christmas morning, the day after Christmas. And we'll meet here at one. Now we asked if you would bring one or two dishes of your favorite Christmas Christmas cookies. What's that? Cookies. Your your favorite or whatever you see at the store. Two o'clock. One o'clock. I don't know where two o'clock came from. One o'clock. Sunday at 1. Everybody say Sunday at 1. Amen. We're going to have a good time together. Sunday at 1. Amen. We're going to have a baptism tonight. I'm looking forward to that. Diana's going to be baptized. And I'm excited about that amen if you have a Bible you can turn to Acts chapter 2 verse 4 I want to uh, be just completely transparent with you uh, what I feel the Lord dealing with me and wanting to speak to us about Largely came out of a conversation I was having with my children this afternoon Um, My daughter asked me About a particular person and she said do they have the Holy Ghost And uh, I thought well that's a really good question Uh, What do you think? And how do you know? and it's it's amazing how sometimes we 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 take simple things for granted or we don't even sometimes question things because we think i heard somebody say it one time and i'm clinging to it and uh i just think it's important that we know what the scripture says know that know that you know know how you know know why you know um the, the the general answer, or maybe the first place that I go to, see, I was born and raised in a Pentecostal church, and Pentecostal really now, uh, especially in this day and age, means uh, something different, or maybe just more widely known, proclaimed, than what it was even when I was a kid 30 years ago. Um, Man, that's starting to sound like a lot of years uh, When I was just a kid Just 30 years ago um, But pe- Pentecostal now And you look If you tell somebody you go to a Pentecostal church uh, There's some there's, there's some more Likelihood that now Somebody knows what that means Than they did 30 years ago They've heard it And you've probably heard this I, I've heard it said a lot That over the last decades. I say all that to say, to get back to the, the point of answering the question, the first thing that I would go to in my mind as a Pentecostal, on whether somebody has the Holy Ghost is, have they spoken in tongues? And here's why I say that, because if the answer is no, then biblically I see that they have not received the Holy Ghost the way that people in the Bible received the Holy Ghost. So that's pretty cut and dry, that, that in itself. Have they spoken in tongues? No. Okay, that answers that question. But if the answer is yes, does that answer the question? I think, and that was the point I was trying to drive home to my kids. Yes, they've spoken in tongues. Okay, so they do have the Holy Ghost. Pump the brakes a little bit. Because I asked them, well, what do you think? Do you think somebody could speak in tongues, legitimately speak in tongues as initial sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and God gave them that gift of the Holy Ghost, and they spoke in tongues, do you think somebody could do that, and then go and just start living like the devil, and would you say they have the Holy Ghost? You can't. You can't live like the devil. And claim that you have the Holy Ghost because you spoke in tongues, or or yesterday, or this morning, or whenever. It it just doesn't work, right? So, so you can't just answer the question, "Does somebody have the Holy Ghost?" by whether or not they have spoken in tongues, except on one side of that coin. No, is no. Is that plain enough? Acts chapter 2. I want to show you just a few of these scriptures. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 6 says, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. They were surprised. They couldn't believe their eyes and their ears. Because every man heard them speak in his own language. So what happened in verse 4 is now witnessed in verse 6. In the fact that I hear him speak in my native tongue. And I know that he shouldn't be speaking in my native tongue. That confounds me. Verse 8. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. Verse 9 lists a whole bunch of tongues, places, languages, and 10. And verse 11 says, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. I don't, just a quick glance tells me that's probably 10 or more tongues heard spoken right then. So it happened in verse 4. It's witnessed in verse 6 and all these others. And apparently there's enough of a common language that somebody could say to somebody else in the same language. Do you hear them speak in your language? Because I hear them speak in my language. Not this that we're talking to one another, Greek or whatever it is. But in Cretion. He shouldn't be speaking Cretian He's never been to Crete. He didn't study that language. But I hear it plain as day, and that's what he's speaking. How, it, how did that happen? Because the Holy Ghost, in verse 4, came upon them, and they began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Spirit is now, is now telling, using, giving the ability to speak in a language that the mind doesn't know. Acts chapter 10 verse 45 I'll give you just a quick synopsis of this whole chapter. You might call it the Cornelius chapter because he's somebody that Receives the Holy Ghost here, ministered to by disciples of Jesus. And this is where it says, They of the circumcision, uh, go back up to verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. Verse 45. And they of the circumcision, the Jews that went there to minister, which believed were astonished as many as came with peter because that on the gentiles was poured out the gift of the holy ghost they up until this point they thought it was just a jewish thing because acts chapter two when they were in jerusalem what happened only happened to the jewish people and then The Lord, it says he added more and more, but that was all what they were encountering was just Jewish people. You know that the whole story behind this chapter in Cornelius is for Peter to get the revelation that the Holy Ghost is for Gentiles as well as Jews. But so they know they're confounded, they're astonished, because on the Gentiles was poured out... The gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 46. For they heard. That's a phrase that tells you. How they knew. They were astonished. That these Gentiles. Could receive the Holy Ghost. And they knew it. For they heard. Them speak with tongues. And magnify God. So the. The thing that happened in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 is now happening in Acts chapter 10. The same thing. A person is receiving the Holy Ghost and those that are around know it because they hear them speak with tongues. Acts chapter 19. Uh, Start at verse 1. It came to pass, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost, since you believed? Paul finds disciples, people trying to live according to the doctrine they were taught, and he says, Have you received the Holy Ghost? And they say, We have not so much has heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Never heard of this Holy Ghost. Don't know what that is. So, so, Paul says, then, how were you baptized? Or maybe even, why were you baptized? Who baptized you? If you don't know about the Holy Ghost, how did you get baptized? And they say, unto John's baptism. Remember John, John the Baptist? So the thing that John the Baptist was doing in the wilderness spread. They're no longer at the Jordan River in the wilderness. This is now in a different location. But that doctrine, because these are disciples, a disciple is someone that hears the teaching and obeys it. So that doctrine of John's baptism spread. Paul encounters these people, and they've already heard, they've already been baptized according to the way John taught to be baptized. Verse 4, Paul said, John baptized the baptism with the baptism of repentance. And he told people they should believe on him which should come after him, John. Believe on the ones that would come after John, that is on Christ Jesus. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, and when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. The Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues. That's how you know the Holy Ghost has come upon a person. A few weeks ago I talked about the Holy Ghost. And uh, there's a lot of different ways to say somebody receives the Holy Ghost. You say somebody gets full of the Holy Ghost. Here it says the Holy Ghost is Pour it out on somebody. But all of that is the Holy Ghost not inside you to being inside you. That's the interaction that, that all of those different terms mean. And now, thanks to all the Bible studies that we've had lately, we know in this dispensation, you know what I mean when I say that, right now, in our time, when somebody receives the Holy Ghost, the evidence is they speak with tongues. It wasn't always this way that when somebody could receive the Holy Ghost by speaking in tongues. We, we know, in, in, even in the Old Testament, it was Samson, for example, it says the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. Or when mary became pregnant with jesus it says the holy ghost overshadowed her so this is the spirit in a different dispensation allowing itself the spirit the power of the spirit to do a work in or through someone but it's not the same as our time samson wasn't speaking in tongues while he was slaying people Not that we know of, anyways. Mary, Elizabeth, they weren't speaking in tongues because they they conceived children that the Holy Ghost helped them conceive. Now, this is just now. Acts chapter 2 and forward to December 21st, 2021 and beyond. In this dispensation, that's how you know somebody has the Holy Ghost. They speak with tongues. I, my mind just went back to a time back at the, the Wapato Church building. Um, this is the first time that I ever prayed for somebody and they received the Holy Ghost while I was praying for them. <laughs> a young man, he was sitting in about this area over here in that building and uh, I don't, it might have been a worship service, it might have been an altar call, I don't remember. But people were responding and praying, and I felt I saw him. I mean, he's praying. And go prayed for him. And literally, as I get, it's almost like magnetism is the way that I would describe it, because I wasn't quite touching his head when he started to speak in tongues. But as I put my hand on his head, he was already speaking in. And then I prayed, and it continued. Ooh, man! I think the Lord let me know it wasn't the act of me putting my hand on him that caused him to speak in tongues, because I I think it would have been like one of these. The closer I get, I know that it's there. Not that he would have done or not done what he did. See, it wasn't because I put my hand on him that he spoke in tongues. But that was my first encounter with praying with someone that spoke in tongues, that received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So that's the initial sign that somebody received the Holy Ghost. Kind of like what Brother Berglund was saying on, on uh, Sunday about why doesn't the Lord just take us then? Like when we get baptized. Because you could make an argument you received, you, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name had your sins remitted and received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues you've fulfilled the plan of salvation so you are now saved and ready to go to heaven but you're ready you're done so why not just take you then because if, if the case that i made earlier was can somebody do all of that and then go and do something some life some choice some action that causes this them to no longer have the holy ghost So how do you know? That's that's the question that I'm trying to get at. How do you know if somebody has the Holy Ghost? I'm I, I going to try to do this quickly, but I want you to look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. This is what I told my kids after I tried to explain to them. You can't just say you spoke in tongues one time, so now you've got the Holy Ghost for the rest of your life. We look for the evidence of the Holy Ghost. You look for the proof that the Holy Ghost is residing in you. And I'm not not—I'm not trying to help everybody get understanding so you can go judge other people on whether or not they have it. I want us all to have this understanding for ourselves so that I know every moment whether or not I... Full of the Spirit of God. You, you, you learn to look for proof, evidence, and then you know. Galatians five twenty three twenty two. The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. The thing that the Spirit produces is. This is proof. I asked them, I said, How do you know that an apple tree is an apple tree? Because it has apples on it. That's the fruit. Unless you've lived around this area long enough and you can tell by looking at the wood or the growth or something, and you just know the park that or it's surrounded by all the others. But if you just plant one in your yard, or let's say you buy a house with a out front, you know it's a fruit tree, but you don't know what kind. Then, once the fruit grows, then you know. I thought all along it was an, an apple tree, but those are cherries growing. So, that's not an apple tree. Same as the, it's the same thing with the fruit of the Spirit. I thought it was the Holy Ghost all along, but the thing that's growing. Is not a fruit of the spirit. There is no fruit of the spirit. It lists these. I just want to quickly help sure, help help make sure that we know is this in my life? Now, I'm also going to point out it's the fruit of the spirit. It's not the fruit of a good person. There's a difference. There are good people in their humanity who can produce things that look an awful lot like what the Spirit produces. But it's the fact that it's the Spirit producing it that makes it of the Spirit. The first one is love. And the Greek word for this love is agape. So, agape is a fruit of the spirit. This is brotherly love. It's the same as the scripture that says, God is love. God is agape. It's the essence of God. God is this. I think when I was trying to to help them understand that, I said, So, you know, if it's the fruit of the Spirit, if you love, not just love, love a person or love something, you know, love the Seahawks. It's not just love because you love something. It's if you love what God loves. Because God is agape. So, love, that is God's love. Does that make sense? There's a lot of people that don't have the Holy Ghost that love things or people. So you can't just say, well, there's love there, so it's the Holy Ghost. You understand? It's God's love. Joy. The fruit of the Spirit. Joy. The Greek word for this, I don't have the Greek word for all of it, but I got it. It's Kara. Looks to me a lot like the, the term charisma, or where we get the word like charisma, which you think of a personality. Person that has charisma is not somebody that's like wow, how much? Do you no, it's a person that's like, "Hey, everybody, how you doing? So glad you're here today. Oh, I can't wait. This is gonna. It's just another good day. Well, that's charisma." And there's that of the Spirit or there's that of of a person. A person could have it just like a person can love another person and not have the Holy Ghost because it's not the fruit of the Spirit. It's just love. A person can have charisma and it not be the fruit of the Spirit. God's joy. God's joy. There's a, there, there's a lot of verses that, that talk about that word joy. I actually learned this as I was studying this part today. Um, I'll, I'll just give you a test real quick. Listen closely. This is, if you if you ever did Bible reading like me, you know the importance of every word because you quote something. So who knows if this is a, a, a part of a verse in the Bible? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Not a Bible verse. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord is a Bible verse because it's in the parable that we heard on Sunday of the talents and the faith and the steward. And when the master comes back and receives what the steward gained, He tells them, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. I am your Lord. Come into my joy now. Live the way that I live. The joy of thy Lord. Now, there is another one. You probably know this one, the verse that says, There is joy in heaven. over one sinner that repented. It's joy. It's the same. It's, it's, it, so, it's, so does that mean all the angels get charismatic? No. It's more than just personality. It is inner joy. It's, it is emotion, feeling, caused by events or things. But I like this because it really, it, helps, it goes against the, um, it goes against the idea that I have to be an upbeat person to prove that I have joy. Because it is calm, what's the word, gladness. Calm, cheerfulness, it's inner. It's not external. I don't have the time to go into this tonight, but joy and happiness are not the same thing. Happiness is rooted in happenings, something that happens that makes you happy. Joy is not rooted in the event of a thing, one particular thing. Joy comes from knowing that things are as they should be and will continue to be as they should be cheerfulness, joy. I'm <laughs> I, have a, I have a resting face that has no joy in its expression. I know this about myself after this many years. And I, I get it all the time. Why, why don't you look happy? I don't know. I am happy. You don't sound happy. I am. Oh, you know what? I've got joy so I'm not worried about looking or sounding happy except that I want you to think I am but there's a difference and so I I don't have to put on a personality or an act to try and make somebody think things are going well and that I'm happy I have joy why? because it's a fruit of the spirit God's joy I want that produced in my life to know no matter whatever happens next if I'm just searching for happiness and I get a flat tire it's gonna be hard to be happy but if I have joy from God and I get a flat tire it's still gonna be hard to be happy but I'm not worried about losing my joy You see the difference Joy. I know things are fine. Things are good. They're going to continue to be. Peace. I really thought this was something else until I looked at it. But this peace is peace between individuals. Harmony and concord are the words, the terms for this peace. Not inner peace I think we just kind of talked about that with joy because inner peace almost is like it doesn't require external uh, relationship but peace if it's peace between individuals then oh hang on a second I've got to go and above and beyond my internal self here You know, the scripture says, when it's possible, strive for peace between individuals. Not, you stay over there and you do your own thing and I'll stay over here and I'll do my own thing and we'll call that good. That's not fulfilling the scripture. The scripture is, I need to try. I need to, I have to make attempts to have peace between individuals That's a, that takes a lot of Holy Ghost you want to talk about needing fruit of the spirit I don't need a whole lot of fruit of the spirit to go into my house shut and lock the door and stay there for five days block out all the external I'll just be here and I'll be happy the only person I've got to see is the mailman And I don't even have to talk to it, or I order my groceries online. I don't even have to talk to him. I don't have. There's not a lot of Holy Ghost needed in that situation to maintain peace and joy. (laughs) Except, you know, the Lord, He will work on your mind. But I've got to have peace between. Me and other people. It takes work. Mm, Does it take work? I need the Holy Ghost. Here's a good test of your fruit. The next time you want to ask yourself, Do I have the Holy Ghost? Not do I know it because I spoke in tongues but do I know I've got the Holy Ghost because I've got the fruit of the Spirit? Let's go see if there's peace in this relationship. Because you know what? There should be. If it's here, then when I talk to my brother, my sister, when I go wherever I'm going and encounter whoever I'm going to encounter, is there peace there? Or is there, oh, I hate it when that happens don't like to see that person. Don't ever, I don't, where's the inner peace? Where's the peace between people there? I need the fruit of the spirit. I need the fruit of the spirit. Long suffering. The fruit of the spirit is long suffering. This is patience. And it's also slowness. In avenging wrongs, patience. They're, they're, to me, they, they really mean two different things, but they're they have they're the same fruit, the, the same spirits producing it. Patience means I can I can ignore my kid while they're going, hey dad, dad, hey dad, 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 um, dad, hey dad, and I'm just. i patient. But slowness to avenge wrongs could be when the child says, hey dad, dad, I told you to wait a minute. I'm in the middle of something. You're doing wrong. And what am I doing with an attitude like that? I'm trying to avenge the wrong because I don't have long suffering." Now, that's just one example. You think of any wrong that's been done to you or that you know of or that you're aware of, especially if you feel like you have some opportunity to avenge this and make it right. And whether you take it or not, proves whether or not you got the long suffering. No, our attitude a lot of times in our humanity is, can't wait for the opportunity to get back at them. I can't wait. I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till they bring up that one subject, and I'm gonna pounce on them. There is no slowness to avenge a wrong. there. There's no long suffering there. I need the fruit of the Holy Ghost to produce that in my. And then you know what? You know that the Lord helps you with it because then after the encounter or after the conversation or whatever, then you start to realize, wow, I really could have done X, Y, Z, but I didn't. Thank the Lord. I had fruit of the Spirit in that moment. Gentleness. The the these next there's a few of these that seem really related, especially as you look at the, as, at the um, definitions of them. Gentleness, the definition is kindness. Kindness towards others. Here's, a, here's an interesting thing. How is that different than peace between individuals? Man, I had to first go above and beyond to try and find peace between me and someone now you're going to add to it kindness like I can't just not fight with them I have to actually do something kind for them like next level yeah that's what the Holy Ghost will have you do the fruit of the Spirit will produce kindness towards other people gentleness is kindness towards other people, and I really don't even know how to pronounce this word. I guess it's benignity or benignity. I, you know, you know, you heard the term benign before, right? In our in our modern vernacular, it means non-cancerous. Or there's benign, and then there's what's the, malignant. You know, those both have. Root words with root meanings along the lines of what we're talking about. Because to malign, to be malignant, is the opposite of being benign. A malignant attitude, or Lord forbid, if there's fruit in my life that is malignant, malignity, I'm going around... Causing trouble. Being trouble in a situation. Have you ever heard of the term, that person is a cancer? It means you put him into a situation and that situation is going to go bad? That's a malign person. Benign is the opposite. You put them into a situation... It will be well. Fruit of the, Everybody say fruit of the Spirit. There's gentleness and then there's goodness. Another definition of goodness is kindness. Uprightness of heart and virtue. You do good. You do that which is good. Faith. Here's a good one. Because it's all throughout the Scripture, too. And it means many different... Kind of like peace, it means different things at different times when you're talking about it. In this instance, faith, being a fruit of the Spirit, what the Spirit's going to produce in you, if it's faith, it's not head knowledge of the Scripture. Faith. Like, hold fast to the faith. It's not that faith. It is... Character, faith, faithfulness. See this—the fruit of the Spirit is producing character in us. It's—it's it's really, it, I, I hesitate to use the term. It's making you a better person, because it's not about the personage, personage. It's about what the Spirit is doing through you. I don't want to go around being the best person for the sake of proving to everybody that I'm a good person. No, I want the fruit of the Spirit to produce these things in my life when and where and how they're needed to help people. I don't do it as a show. I don't do it as trying to produce outward visible evidence that, hey, I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got the Spirit of God. No. I want Him to produce it when it's needed. Faithfulness the character of one who can be relied on. We need the Holy Ghost to produce that in us. I, you know, this one really makes me think about something. As, as a parent, you want to grow your child into a good person, like we're talking about tonight. But you can have the best set of parents... And the worst set of parents. And there's no guarantee that either one is going to produce a person that's a faithful adult when they get past the child age. Some of the people with the strongest character, the most reliable, dependable people, are people that never had anything in their upbringing and had to do it all their own. And they know if... if we don't do what we're supposed to do, if we don't do what we say we're going to do, things are going to be terrible. And then you could take somebody that had everything handed to them, given to them, and that, that person, oh, I don't have to do anything. I can say I'm going to do it, but I really don't even have to because it'll get done. And it's, it goes all sides of the spectrum. Faithfulness in, in a human There is no guarantee of how you get that. You just hope and pray that the person comes into it. But in the Holy Ghost, when it's the fruit of the Spirit, and you say, if you got the Holy Ghost inside you, and it's operating, and you say, yeah, I'll be there. I'll see you. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to help. And then you don't. Where's the, where's the fruit, brother? <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I don't have any situations in mind. I'm just, the Lord's helping us here tonight. We want to be dependable. We want to be faithful. People, people of character. Someone that keeps their promises. I only got two more. I'm almost done. The next verse, meekness. I think the way that I had to try and explain this one to my kids is not a show-off. Somebody that's a show-off doesn't have meekness in them. So it's it's really an attitude that shows through actions. A meek person will do the action and you won't see an attitude behind it. show off will do the action just so you can see the attitude behind it. Sometimes when the kid cleans their room, that's not a good thing. Especially if when you get home, they run to you and say, Guess what? I cleaned my room. I'm glad you did that. Let's talk about wine. (laughs) I see the action, but I also see the attitude. A meek attitude, a meek person does something without the attitude. I think a lot of times we hear this in in some Christmas music lyrics, meek and mild. They kind of go together. Mild, in the sense that there is no pers- there, there's no um, show-off attitude there behind it. I just, I just do it. I'm just, it's just who I am. It's how I operate. A meek person. Fruit of the Spirit. The Lord, I want the Lord to produce that in me act. I want to act as he has me act for no other reason than it's because the Holy Ghost is producing this in me. The last one, temperance. Temperance. It is self-control. And an area, not the only area, but one area of this, it's easy to remember because it's in there, Temper. A tempered person is even, balanced. Everybody say balanced. Balanced is not the extreme opposite of, I don't know, whatever exaggerated term you want to use. Crazy. I'll use that word, crazy. So if you got crazy on one end, balance and temperance is not the opposite end of that because if cra- craziness happens in your mind, it's a mental thing. So if it happens in your mind, then the extreme opposite of that is nothing happens in your mind. That's not balance. You don't want to have psh, nothing. Nothing there. Empty empty. No, you want balance to be level-headed. I don't go too far that way. I don't go too far that way because I'm tempered. So when you get some bad news, how you respond will show if there is the fruit of that temperance there or if it is a quick swift action that is just unbalanced we need the temperance of God so so your temper is a gauge it's not the only gauge because there's also the self-control aspect of it that really has nothing to do with your temper I can be even killed, balanced, and going to exercise no self-control. The scripture talks about people that get past feeling, being past feeling. It means they don't even know. They don't even realize. They're, they're not feeling anything. They don't even know that they're beyond something. Or the scripture would say the hardness of a heart is somebody that... Have, they they don't even get to try and exercise self-control because of the hardness that's there. But we want, I and mean, we want the Spirit to produce this in us, we want self-control in such a way that the Holy Ghost tells you yes or no. And that's it. The fruit, no, not me. It, we, there's a fine line between Spirit-producing temperance or self-control and just a very self-motivated person, a person that just exercises self-control because they've got everything in order. I don't know what that's like. I probably never will, to have everything in order and have perfect self-control that way that I, I don't ever have indulgence or craving or... no. Some people might, you know, I've seen some pretty regimented people, and they astound me on the dot every day. How do you do that? I, you know, you got a regiment. They got, they've got some self-control. They've got the, the will there. That, and that's great. I'm not knocking that at all. But there's a difference in that be a, a regimented person that has things in order and the Spirit producing self-control inside of a person. I want the fruit of the Spirit because it's, it's like a switch that's always on. Think of it that way. The Holy Ghost is a switch that's always on. So in order for it to not tell me self control yes or no i've got to make a mental adjustment to that switch the holy ghost switch i know that this is probably not and you know, we're probably we're we're, we're uh, getting a little bit imbalanced here or we're getting you know that's i can get i can get away with it this time or i'll have just that i know it's not right but i Okay, you know it's not right, so that's the yes or no. But you you know, and then you can act. And the Holy Ghost is going to help you if you yield to it. And by doing so, fruit is produced, and that is fruit of the Spirit. I want that in my life. I want the Holy Ghost to produce that in me. And know it's the Spirit of God. So so ask yourself, how do I know if I have the Holy Ghost? Man, it didn't take long. It wasn't even an hour past this conversation with my kids. And... Something was said, and I was maybe exercising joy, but not much else. And there, attitudes and all that. And one of the kids said, "You don't sound like you have the Holy Ghost." <laughs> Thank God for my kids. You see how quick once you once you get understanding of all of these things? Ask yourself, am I acting like I have the Holy Ghost? Am I sounding like I have the Holy Ghost? Is there evidence, fruit, proof in me right now that I have the Holy Ghost? And this gets way, it, it, it'll, it'll help us because it gets way further into the game than just sin or not sin. All, all of this, it says, against such there is no law. These things are not subject to right or wrong, you know. You don't go and arrest a guy because he has too much self-control. You don't, you, you, you don't get a ticket for acts of kindness. So we're so we're not that that's I'll be I'll try to be a hundred percent honest if I can word this the, the right way the best way I I tend to think in my humanity in my limited understanding do I know somebody has the Holy Ghost or not or do I know if I have the Holy Ghost or not by is there any sin there and what kind and how much that's no way to look at it based on what we're talking about. We're talking about a spirit meter, not a sin meter. Now, I'm not doing this tonight, but just in the verses before this, it talks about the works of the flesh. They're manifest and enlist them. And you know, if you see that, that's not spirit. That's flesh. The Bible is abundantly clear about flesh and what it is and what it leads to. I want to know the fruit of the Spirit. I want to know that my actions prove to me that the Holy Ghost is alive and well in me. Amen. We can all stand. I believe the Lord will help us tonight I want to know I've got the Holy Ghost I was six years old when I was baptized in Jesus name I was seven years old when I spoke in tongues for the first time I only have one child younger than that left but you know what my memory is not always great and I don't want to have to rely on the fact that Yes, I did that when I was 7 to convince myself that I've got the spirit of God inside me. I want it all the time. And I want it in more than you know because I I don't have to use speaking in tongues as the gauge. It's an evidence, it's a sign, it's the initial sign but I want to prove, I want to know to myself I've got the Holy Ghost living inside me. Producing these things in me and through me. Imagine, just imagine if you would someone that has all of these elements. They're gentle, they're loving, they're kind, they're patient, they're even-tempered. They're balanced. They have self-control. I mean, if you picture that person and it's like the sky is the limit for that person. They don't have to deal with this. They don't struggle with that. This is not going to be an issue for them. And then, internalize all that and say, that's what the Holy Ghost will make me. If I am the tree I'm rooted, and let these things produce in me. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that's here tonight. Lord, I thank you for speaking to us, for causing us to know who you are, God, and the work of your spirit in us. God, I want to see these things accomplished in my life. I desire to see your spirit, God, Let the evidence of it live in me. Let it be proof in me, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you for it. I thank you for understanding and for wisdom, God. I thank you for the opportunity to seek you, for the opportunity to come before you, Lord, to be open and honest with you, knowing that you are loving, Lord Jesus, knowing that you are long-suffering, Lord God, knowing that you are patient With me, Father, I'm thankful for it. I pray let these things have their work in me. Let these things be produced in me, I pray. In the name of Jesus, God, I want to know you. I want to know you, Lord Jesus. I want to see the evidence of your spirit in my life, God. I want to know that it's you speaking. I want to know that it's you acting, Lord God. That it's you accomplishing Your purpose in me. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray help me to find peace. Help me to find peace with others, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you would put me, when you have to, put me in situations that prove to me whether or not I've got that peace. God, I want to know it. Lord, I don't want to live without understanding. I don't want to live just hoping, God. But I want to know it in the name of Jesus. I want my faith to be sure in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. Can we just thank the Lord? I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the work of your Spirit, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to get ready for our baptism now.